Hello and welcome to Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus. I'm your host, Kim Smith. We're on episode 258, The Importance of Dedication Rituals. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I give you a behind-the-scenes look. I just recorded this entire podcast, 28-ish minutes, and there was no volume. I don't know where it was. It's not that I didn't talk. I promise you I talked. And I'm like, hmm, God, what are you trying to teach me in the midst of this? Because I'm very passionate about today's topic. And I'm not sure. I don't know the lesson yet. But I'm listening. I'm listening to see what God might say differently on this time through. Because it happened, and it happened through his filter. And so I'm just going to trust that you weren't meant to hear take number one, and I was meant to talk about this again. Maybe it's for my own benefit. I don't know. You know, trusting the Lord with the unknown can be one of the most challenging things we do as Christians. When we can see in front of us what God is doing, that doesn't mean it's always easy, but... As humans, we really like to know that there's a purpose in it, especially when we're going through something difficult. In today's storyline, we're talking about the last part of the dedication ceremony for the temple, Solomon's temple, that we've been working on for weeks and that the Israelites and the people who were helping them had been working on for many years. And last week we talked about Solomon's beautiful prayer of dedication of the temple. And we talked about the parts that are a little unique in the dedication prayer where he's like, okay, God, when we mess up, will you forgive us? When we mess up this way, will you forgive us? It was a unique dedication prayer in my opinion. And today we're going to look at two passages of Scripture before we get to the passage in 2 Chronicles. When's the last time that you went to a dedication ceremony? It may have been a dedication of a physical church building. It might have been a dedication of a business Or it might have been a personal dedication that you or your family did in order to dedicate an event, a trip. I've really been convicted as a result of doing this and now doing it twice. (laughs) I might need to add in more dedication rituals into my life. As I've been looking at the room in which I'm recording, I realize that I've been here about seven years, and I don't know if I really did a dedication ritual when I moved in here. If I really prayed and asked the Lord to bless this home to His glory, that every word said, every thought, every interaction would bring Him glory. But thankfully, I still have breath in my lungs. And today is not too late. The weekly assignment feature is in which area of your life might you need to engage in a dedication ritual? 
Today we're going to see three dedication slash rededication rituals that the Israelites and their leaders participated in. And we're going to see God show up and show out in each of them. And so just know that just because you do a dedication ritual does not mean that God's going to send fire down from heaven. Literal fire. But as New Testament, New Covenant believers, I wonder how much we're missing the fire of the Holy Spirit in our lives because we do not dedicate ourselves to Him and His purposes. So let's jump in. First is in Leviticus 9, 22 through 24. So let me set this up. The tabernacle that God had specifically given instructions of how it was be, to be put together. That had been done. The priest had been ordained, which was Aaron and his sons. And they'd begun to provide the offerings to God. And so in 22, it says, After that, Aaron raised his hands toward the people and blessed them. Then after presenting the sin offering, the burn offering, and the peace offering, he stepped down from the altar. Then Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle. When they came back out, they blessed the people again, and the glory of the Lord appeared to the whole community. Fire blazed forth from the Lord's presence and consumed the burnt offering and the fat on the altar. When the people saw this, they shouted with joy and fell face down on the ground. I think I'd get the face down part. I don't know if I could shout, but I would get the face down part if God were to do something and show up and show out in that way. So they were dedicating the tabernacle by doing what God had prescribed. And then in 1 Chronicles 21, 26 through 30, we see a different type of situation. It's not the dedication of a building. It's David coming to God as a result of the great sin that he perpetrated, not with Bathsheba, not by killing Uriah the Hittite, not that, but toward the end of David's life, he decided he wanted a census. And his pride was all over this. I mean, even Joab, who's not my favorite person, but even Joab knew this wasn't right. And he tried to tell David, but David said, do it anyway. And thousands lost their lives as a result of David's action because God was not pleased. And so David chooses to fall into the hands, the mercy of the hands of God versus to have God use another nation or group to bring about punishment. And in 1 Chronicles 21, 26 through 30, we see that David has bought Aruna, Aruna's threshing floor. This is a very specific place. God is into details. And so David, in 26, David built an altar there to the Lord and sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings. And when David prayed, the Lord answered him by sending fire from heaven to burn up the offering on the altar. Then the Lord spoke to the angel who put the sword back into its sheath. That was an avenging angel. That was an angel that had brought about such death 
because of David's choices. When David saw that the Lord had answered his prayer, he offered sacrifices there at Aruna's threshing floor. At that time, the tabernacle of the Lord and the altar of burnt offering that Moses had made in the wilderness were located at the place of worship in Gibeon. But David was not able to go there to inquire of God because he was terrified by the drawn sword of the angel of the Lord. Do you think you might have been too? Now, not only does he have this angelic presence that obviously God has sent to bring about judgment, but I don't think I would be treading that direction. And then God has sent down fire to burn up the offerings. Fire from heaven. Just imagine. All of us have seen, as long as we have physical eyes, and I know it's possible somebody could be listening and you've never had the opportunity to see, oh, what heaven will be like for you. But for those of us who are able to see, we've seen lightning. But we're not expecting that God is up in heaven and he's taking his hand, however that might look, and he's directing those lightning bolts specifically to a place. And yet, fire from heaven, whether it was in the form of lightning or it was just a fire burst, we've seen that in Leviticus 9. We've seen it in First Chronicles 21, 26 through 30. In this, David's not dedicating a place. David is rededicating himself and the Israelite people to the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And on this very place is where the temple built to honor God was dedicated in today's storyline. So in today's storyline, we're in 2 Chronicles 7. And some of this is going to sound very familiar because it's going to sound a whole lot like we, what we just read in the other two examples. Chapter 7. When Solomon finished praying, because that was the big prayer that he did last week in our study, fire flashed down from heaven and burned up the burnt offerings and the sacrifices, and the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple. The priests could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glorious presence of the Lord filled it. When all the people of Israel saw the fire coming down and the glorious presence of the Lord filling the temple, they fell face down on the ground and worshipped and praised the Lord, saying, He is good, His faithful love endures forever. Then the king and all the people offered sacrifices to the Lord. King Solomon offered a sacrifice, check this out, of how much? Of 22,000 cattle and 120,000 sheep and goats. Can you just imagine? Can you just imagine seeing those, that, much, that much livestock, those, that many animals, and these were to be sacrificed. These priests were busy. And so the king and all the people dedicated the temple of God. The priests took their assigned positions and so did the Levites who were singing, His faithful love endures forever. They accompanied the singing with music from instruments King David had made for praising the Lord. Across from the Levites, the priests blew the trumpets while all Israel stood. Solomon then consecrated the central area of the courtyard in front of the Lord's temple. He offered burnt offerings and the fat of peace offerings there because the bronze altar he had built could not hold all the burnt offerings, grain offerings, and sacrificial fat. For the next seven days, Solomon and all Israel celebrated the festival of shelters. A large 
congregation had gathered from as far as Lebohamath in the north to the brook of Egypt in the south. On the eighth day, they had a closing ceremony for they had celebrated the dedication of the altar for seven days and the festival shelters for seven days. Then at the end of the celebration, Solomon sent the people home. They were all joyful and glad because the Lord had been so good to David and to Solomon and to his people Israel. What a day that would have been. Well, not day, but 14 days at least. And really, it's probably beyond that because of the dedication of the temple. I mean, it was a spectacle. And they were dedicating, all of them dedicating this building to the worship of the Lord their God. At this point, this is one of the high points in the life of Israel as opposed to the David story, it was one of the low points. But it was a low point that was a turning point back to the God of Israel. And as I've read this and as I've thought through this and I've thought about the importance of dedication rituals, most of us will not have the opportunity to dedicate a physical structure like a sanctuary, a church sanctuary, in such a fashion, I don't think any of us will ever dedicate one like King Solomon had the opportunity to. But how about your life? How about the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is now, if you are a Christ follower, the temple of the Holy, the Holy Spirit resides in you. How about a temple rededication ceremony today? If God were to ask you personally, do you love me with all your heart? Do you love me with all your soul? Do you love me with all your mind? Do you love me with all your strength? I don't think there's one of us that could, in good conscience, Say, yes, I love you, Lord, with every bit of my being. It sounded a lot like the question that Christ asked Peter when Peter needed to have a rededication after he had denied Christ three times. We may not have outwardly denied Christ in the way that Peter did, saying, I don't even know him. But we deny Christ with our actions. Sadly, this temple, this building that was dedicated to the worship of God, that God obviously showed up and showed out for the dedication ceremony, sadly, as we will see in months to come, this temple became, instead of a place of worship to the Lord their God, it was overtaken. It was desecrated. It was destroyed in many ways. Because of the lack of dedication of future rulers, of future Israelites. This group here today, they probably believed that for the rest of their lives they were going to holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, serve the Lord. But they didn't. 
We know Solomon didn't. We're going to see evidence of that. But he wasn't the only one. Each of us, at some point in our life, if we are a Christ follower, we had a day of dedication where we said, God, probably tearfully, God, you can have all of me. I surrender all. But how long did that last? How long were you 100% dedicated to the Lord and His calling? We all fall short. Fact of life. We all have times where we need to have a rededication ritual such as David did. Maybe we don't have burnt offerings and peace offerings. But as we know from Scripture, we need to present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to the Lord. For it is our reasonable act of service. As New Covenant believers, we aren't told to present sheep and goats. We are told to give all of ourself on that altar. To die daily to ourself and our selfish wants and needs. And to live. I surrender all. Every day. When I was growing up, growing up in a Baptist church, one of the favorite invitation songs was the song, I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. Some of you, you can understand where I'm coming from. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. No turning back. No turning back. Can that be your song of dedication today? Can you sing that to the Lord? I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Rituals are not difficult to put together. It's just a concrete action that symbolizes an internal truth. Something you want to be able to get outside of yourself. If you have any question about how to create a ritual, please reach out to me at encouragingothersinlovingjesus at gmail.com or reach out in our Facebook group. Information is all down in the show notes. I would love to help you if you've got questions And you just say, I don't have a clue how I can come back from as far away as I have been. Well, guess what? God is standing right there. Just turn around. David, a prime example of someone who is said to have a heart of God, and yet he sinned. Just like you, just like me. He didn't just do it once. He did it multiple times. He had multiple wives and multiple lesser wives known as concubines. 
Like, he just made some bad choices. Can you relate? And yet, what we see in David is when God convicted him, David turned around. Sometimes he might have looked like he was going in circles because he was turning around so quickly. But turn around. Turn around and choose from this day forward to follow Jesus. As we close out, there's information down in the show notes about how to get to all 258 episodes. And a reminder of the weekly assignment feature in which area of your life might you need to engage in a dedication ritual. Or there may be a few. Maybe you need to do it as a family. And so we need to rededicate our home. We have gotten lax. We have let busy schedules and all other things come between us and pursuing the Lord with all we are. I challenge you this day to surrender all to Him. Please join us next week as we go into God's response to Solomon. Did you know that after the big dedication event, God talked to Solomon directly? And in the midst of that conversation, we get, in my opinion, the most famous revival verse in all of Scripture. One that might very well be really good to add into your dedication ritual. So if you want to read ahead... That would be fine. You can read on in the second part of Second Chronicles 7 and get a sneak peek and be ready for next week's lesson. Remember, this is free for you to listen to, free for you to share with others. You might want to encourage somebody to tune in next week and say, hey, you know, I just uh, I feel like God might be doing something here and, and I'd love for you to be a part of it. And I would love to have uh, have you with me because the name of this podcast is Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus. I need others to encourage. And I would appreciate you helping me out with that mission. And just remember, it's always a trust and obey kind of day. Mm-hmm.